Here on a rainy Friday out here in uh, Chattanooga, whole area out here. There's uh, like tornado warnings and stuff like that. The kids got uh, to stay home from school, but so far, just kind of a light drizzle. Not too bad just yet. Supposed to pick up in a little bit, so if you're driving through the area, please take note. Things are not great over here. If you saw the show on Wednesday, I talked to Rachel Premack about Girl Scout cookies. The shortage, right? And you might have said, yeah, what Girl Scout cookie shortage? Well... The raspberry rallies, things went from worse, from bad to worse. The raspberry rallies completely sold out. They sold out like instantly the second they put them online. And now if you, you got to get them on eBay for $35 a pack. They had Girl Scout cookie scalpers. People will stoop to no low, to any low they can. Now that you can get PS5s off the rack, I guess you got to start pawning off Girl Scout cookies. Um, we got something else here. So want to take a virtual tour? Let's take a look inside an office. I don't know about you guys, but when I was in, I was in a pretty... I was in a few dingy offices over in the Boston area when I was working, but this looks really nice. This was sent over to me. This is a Cowan Logistics Sarasota office. Their VP of sales, Ben Tesergi, he posted this, showing off uh, their great office. Looks super clean over there. Who's Cowan? They say they specialize in dry van, flatbed, intermodal, and expedited services. They offer national service country uh, coverage in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, and they've got locations in Sarasota, Baltimore, and Charleston. They also got a pretty sweet Stranger Things pinball machine. I don't know if you saw that thing rocking over there. Folks out there, you want to take me inside your office, either virtually or in person, let me know. You can reach out to me, tduner at freightwaves.com. That's D-O-O-N-E-R, tduner at Freight. Waves.com. We got a quick headline, too, to kick things off. Ohio Rail Union has blasted Norfolk Southern's disregard for worker safety. That's right. Joanna Marsh reports the Ohio contingent of the Brotherhood of Maintenance of Way Employees Division told Governor Mike DeWine in a letter this week that Norfolk Southern failed to adequately protect workers on the scene of that February 3rd train derailment in East Palestine. They wrote here. I am writing to share with you the level of disregard that Norfolk Southern has for the safety of railroad workers. It's track structure in the East Palestine and other American communities where Norfolk Southern operates. Um, That was from J.B. Long. He's the chairman of the American Rail System Federation. He also said, I am also imploring you as the governor of the state of Ohio to use your influence and power to stop Norfolk Southern's reckless business practices that endanger the public and their workers. The letters also criticized Norfolk Southern for including discussions about the use of automated track inspections in negotiations over sick leave. What do you guys all think about there? You think they're doing enough? By the way, look, my IFB looks horrible. I had a jacket on earlier. I took it off because it, it wasn't working properly, and I can see it right over my shoulder. Anyways, that's how I hear the guys in the back. On today's show, I'm talking about the state of cybersecurity with Cybersecurity Studios co-founder Ben Bellamy. We'll find out just how vulnerable your supply chains are, what's going on in that space, and all that kind of stuff. We've got uh, Able Transport Solutions founder Liz Wayne. She went from accidentally walking into this business like many of us to building an amazing brokerage. Not like many of us. Some of us. We'll hear about her amazing career journey and uh, why her team loves ugly freight. And then it's a double dose of what the trivia. We've got Zoom apps from Mustafa Aziz. We got Jacobs, Delana Morse, and we got Exo Freight's Jake McCloud. They're going to test their logistics knowledge in the greatest supply chain trivia game known to mankind. 
In the meantime, let's tip the band because we've got our first guest here. So supply chain challenges are not always easy, but the commitment from the team at Dunavant Logistics to take on the responsibility of its unwavering to take on the responsibility is unwavering. Dunavant, logistically speaking, they're at the center of it all. Visit them at dunavant.com. I will read the second one much better than that. I apologize. <laughs> and right now we got Ben Bellamy, co-founder at the Cybersecurity Studio. Last time I saw him, I think he was waiting for like an Uber over at uh, over in Manifest in Las Vegas, if I'm not mistaken. Ben, how you doing? That sounds about right. I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm doing great. I was, I'm amazed to see it's already March and that was a month ago. It seems like I, it was just like two weeks ago. Conferences are like, they get you so congested. I'm still following up with people from that event like to this day. That's right. You got to, it's uh, you, you come home with a, with a, with a whale to eat on. You have to just do it a, a bite by bite, but uh, it's great to be here. It was great to have uh, caught up with you at Manifest and I had a great time there. I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. I thought, yeah, I thought it was fun. Uh, my, my one problem with conferences is that, like, they can just be so overwhelming, like I said, with the follow-up. Like, in my in you guys' position, it's great. In my position, it's, it's good, but at the same time, like, I got to make a show and do the editing, and it's just very sort of disruptive. But I thought it was a great event. It was great seeing everybody. And, um, you know, I set up most of my shows for a lot of the year just by going to that. But I had a question for you. I was looking into your background, sure. and I saw that you used to be in a past life, a professional soccer player. And I was curious what soccer teaches us about cybersecurity and the supply chain. Wow, that's a, a great question. Um, and you really did dig far. That's, <laughs> that was a long time ago. But um, yeah, no, I, I think, um, you know, I, if I had to, to um, say it simply, it's a team game. And uh, everyone plays offense, everyone plays defense. And where we're seeing cybersecurity right now is, in a transition from going from, uh, you know, being a, an organ in the body, if you will, that, that tries to protect the body into being uh, really in the DNA at, at the cellular level. And, um, you know, it's an organizational change. It's a change in the way that we think about security. It's in the change that we uh, engage with security providers. And so, uh, you know, I think I would just say, you know, in, in, in the game of soccer, everyone plays offense, everyone plays defense. And uh, in the future, I believe that, uh, you know, cybersecurity is going to be something that everybody plays, whether you're a supply chain executive, whether you are running a business unit, whether you are running marketing, you've got to be a security player. Yeah, you need a goalie. You need a goalie. Don't go pulling the goalie just yet. Well, what is the cybersecurity studio for those who may not be aware? Yeah, uh, cybersecurity studio uh, uses this idea that... Um, uh, the future is already among us. It's just not evenly distributed. Uh, we are trying to distribute the future. We believe that there are best practices that exist at organizations that uh, if we can just kind of proliferate those across, we will all be better uh, in any of these ecosystem plays, supply chain being uh, you know, one of them. And we have, uh, the, the, in addition to the cybersecurity studio, we also have uh, the visibility council, which does the same thing. Uh, we pull together leading practitioner executives uh, in the, the cybersecurity space. We have technologists and investors, and we all basically talk about where we're seeing the profession go. Uh, ideally, we find alignment. Uh, we work on initiatives together that can strengthen all of us um, because, after all, you know, all of us are, are smarter than any of us. 
Well, of course, yeah, like like ants, you know. We need. I mean, light as light as a finger, stiff as a board. I think they say. What is hot in cybersecurity right now? What are the issues that we're facing in supply chain? For example, you've been out at some of these events, like Manifest. You've talked to people. What issues are? What should companies be concerned about, or are they concerned about? You know, we, I think we've been talking about digitization for what feels like many decades, uh, and yet in in most functions, digitization has really only just begun. Uh, when you look at supply chain, um, you know, I think we are shifting into a new paradigm, a new S-curve, where we are digitizing everything, where we're, we're digitizing the manufacturing environment uh, with sensors, with automation, with, with RPA, um, inherently, all of these connected devices uh, are vulnerabilities. Um, you know, that's just looking at supply chain. We need to make sure that all of these vulnerabilities are secure. Mm. Uh, we need to make sure that our cybersecurity professionals are involved as we are putting some of these capabilities into the manufacturing, logistics, uh, tr- transportation. Um, we need to have that partnership with cybersecurity. And you could say the same thing across any of the functions, sales, marketing, uh, you know, IT in general. Um, these things need to be secure, and we are just exploding the number of vulnerabilities that we have. It's, it's, it's exponential to what we had a year or even two, two years ago. Well, let's put some context to that. Where are supply chains most vulnerable right now? And, and I, I imagine the answer is like almost everywhere, especially with IoT. Yeah, absolutely. It's everywhere. I mean, if you look at the most recent uh, significant breaches, I mean, it, it's almost always been in contractors. I mean, you look at what happened with the Home Depot years ago. I guess it was probably 2016, 2017. It was an HVAC manufacturer or, or contractor, not manufacturer, that, that provided the, the way in, if you will. Um, same thing for the Target breach. Um, we just, the, the more connected devices, the more vulnerabilities we will have. Uh, so we just need to, to throughout, um, you know, from sourcing through manufacturing, logistics and warehousing, transportation, all of it, there needs to be a security application embedded in that constellation of solutions that, that, that we're using. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned contractors or, or people must be the biggest vector here. I mean, I just thinking about all the slime balls who email me and it's always like some sort of deceptive type of phishing type thing. Like you've been locked out of your Amazon account or fa- you violated a Facebook video or texts that are similar. I mean, I never click on those things. But is that how most of uh, these these uh, programs are breaching? Uh, from my understanding, it's, it is one of the biggest vulnerabilities is, yes, the individuals. Um, you know, how many of us are updating our computers when uh, when we're told to? You know, we need to do that when we're told. Uh, how many of us are opening emails that, you know, it, by the way, those emails look really, really good. I mean, it yeah. looks like a legitimate email from Amazon when you get that. Um, but, yes, it's absolutely. I mean, people are ultimately our, our biggest strength and in some cases our biggest vulnerabilities um, you know, and, and it's also really hard to corral, you know, some of, some of our organizations have a half a million people plus working for them. That's a lot of vulnerabilities. Well, how do you protect yourself then? So like we just mentioned this example, and this is something like your marketing manager could think, just think something got violated on Facebook, something that happens all the time, some copyright strike and they click on it. And now, and now your data has been stolen. How do you protect yourself in these type of situations where there's so many vectors? Well, I mean, I, I think the first thing is that, that cybersecurity does need to be a part of all of our 
all of our functions. Uh, that we need to have a, a tight partnership. We need to let them know what we're doing. We need to have them, you know, part of that is, is they need to understand our, our business challenges, our supply chain challenges, our marketing challenges. Uh, so there's a bit of a cross education that needs to happen. Our cybersecurity people also need to, to, um, I think there, there's an organizational piece that needs to be considered there where they sit in the organization. It can't just be a siloed part of the IT organization. Um, and then, um, you know, beyond that, I, I think it's just education. It's, it's intelligence. It's, it's not doing dumb things. It's keeping your computers updated. It's not opening spam, clicking on anything in your emails. Um, you just, you, you can't be too vigilant with these things. And then the last thing I'll say on this is you have to have a plan. Um, you know, where, where companies really run into issues is where they have no disaster plan. They have no, no crisis response plan. Uh, you get in these situations and you're trying to invent a process as you as you're going through it. And these are not fun situations. Should you negotiate with hackers? Man, that's a question way bigger than my my uh, my pay. Um, I I, uh, I think oftentimes we do. I think oftentimes these these ransoms are paid. Um but, uh, you know, that, that's a really, really big question that uh, I, I think we need to have, um, you know, maybe not out in the public, but in forums like ours. Um, what is that response? And, and I think the, the, big, the big response, the, the, the big uh, answer is ultimately going to be the old MBA response of it depends. Mm. Um, you know, it depends on the situation. It depends on, on what the company is, how critical your, your company is to the general public you know is this a critical infrastructure is this a governmental program um you know ultimately what are we defending and, and what is the situation well if, if companies have questions about this they're uh, concerned on their own digital transformation efforts because of cybersecurity or whatever else they may have how do they reach out to you uh, you can hit me uh, either on LinkedIn, uh, Ben Bellamy. Um, we uh, we are the parent company is Chi Studios. The whole idea behind this, as I said before, is that we pull together practitioners, technologists, investors, and thought leaders, and we tackle the hardest problems that are out there. Uh, we tackle them not by being the experts ourselves, but we bring other practitioners, technologists, investors, and thought leaders to you to help you solve your problems. Uh, it's, a, it's a give and take business model. Uh, by being a, a participant, a partner, you're committing to not only bring us your challenges, but also contribute to the solutioning of others' challenges. Uh, so yeah, hit me on LinkedIn, DM uh, at, at benbellamy.com or, or reach out directly at ben at chi-studios.com. Very cool. Hey, Ben, have a great weekend. Thank you for coming on the show today. Appreciate it. Hopefully I see you in Vegas. Thank you so much for having soon. me. Take care. Absolutely. Good stuff. All right. Well, hey, meanwhile, take a look at this. This is just a beautiful symphony of porta potties moving in the wind. Have you ever see the movie American Beauty? The movie came out in 1999. I think half the cast has been canceled by now. Kevin, remember Kevin Spacey was in that one? Anyways, remember the, the, the kid in that? Remember the weirdo who was like spying on Thora Birch? She would film the bag and he's like, that blowing bag is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, I've got to say to that character, what was his name, Wes Bentley? Wes Bentley, all i got to say to you is you've never seen a porta potty blowing in the wind. Because I think that's much more beautiful. All right, let's bring up Liz Wayne. She's a founder and president over at Able Transport Solutions. She was another person I ran into over in Vegas. Liz... How you doing? 
Good. Thank you for having me, Dooner. How are you? I'm. How did you manage to even get to Vegas? I was looking on a recent post you put on LinkedIn, and you were talking about how you manage like this basketball schedule for like three or five different kids, and it's got you occupied all the time. What do you learn about running a business by running your kids' life with basketball schedules? Wow. Kids' <laughs> activities takes a lot of logistics and a lot of coordination. So I would say there's a lot of similarities there. But ultimately, the hard part about the kids' sports is how do you be in two places at one time? So that's what was the most challenging this year for us. But we survived. We're almost done. Oh, well, well, you know, I... I... I was reading your bio too, and it said something interesting and something that spoke to me because I think a lot of us have have come into this business the same way. We ended up here by accident. Like uh, in my case, I was in the music industry. I moved back to Boston. I hadn't had a job for three months and I needed health insurance. And I thought like FedEx Trade Networks would just be a stopgap to something else. And I ended up staying in this career since then though. How did you accidentally end up in this business? Yeah, that's kind of totally what happened to me. It was supposed to be a temporary stop, and then here I still am. So I was an 18-year-old single mother to a newborn, and I had been waiting tables in high school. So I was getting good tips, but the hours were like evenings and weekends, and daycares didn't really accommodate that. So I needed an office job. And so really, that's how. I applied for a bunch of office jobs with eight to five hours and a trucking company hired me and that was history. So that baby of mine turned 21 in January wow. and my freight career is legal tomorrow, actually. Well, happy freight birthday. I'll give you a little cowbell for that. That's really cool. Now, so you did all that. You, you've got you've got this kid and now being, judging by those basketball schedules, you've picked up a few more along the way. Um, yes. But as you're doing this, you're brand new to trucking. When did you decide to start your own company? How did you get to that point? You know, it took a long time. I mean, I definitely worked the industry for about 12 years before I went out on my own. So I was fortunate, you know, to begin my career at an asset-based company. So I got to really know the shipper and the driver there at that job. And then, uh, you know, five years there and I actually tried to get out of transportation, but it kept calling me back and I ended up at a brokerage startup. So on that side, I got the true, you know, kind of CH training and the real non-asset, pure brokerage, pure 3PL, which I think is a perspective I didn't learn at the first job. Um, there's not very many companies that really focus on both, you know, and so between those two experiences, I, I sort of cut my teeth and earned my stripes and I'm an entrepreneur by nature. So the time just came that I wanted to get out and put my own stamp on my little corner of the freight world. So that's what I've been trying to do the last nine years or so. What has your experience been like during those last nine years? I mean, this industry has changed a lot. And, you know, speaking of Manifest, there was a huge women's only like seminar, right? And that room was packed. But nine years ago, I don't know if that room would have been as packed. What has that journey been like for a woman founder building in the trucking space? Yeah, so I talk a lot about this topic. I um, am part of the LLC group with some ladies, you know, in the industry, as well as chairing the TIA's committee for women in logistics. And, you know, my first TIA conference was like 08 or 09. And I mean, I think it was probably 5% women. Now we're definitely at those conferences, like 20 to 25%. So that was my first Freight Waves, you know, event manifest. Um, but I have my perspective from the TIA conferences. And so 
women have definitely taken um, more roles in the industry, which is great. I'm super excited to see because I think there's just great balance in diversity. So of experience, education, knowledge-based skill set. So I love to see it and I'm a big champion for it out here. I try to be anyway. Well, let's inspire some of the the girls and guys out there who are sitting around at a desk and maybe they're like, you know what? I think I could do this better than my boss. I think that there's opportunity. What have you learned? What is the biggest difference or the hardest lesson you had have had to learn as a business owner that you didn't realize you'd have to learn when you were on the employee side? Oh my gosh. Where do you want to start? That is a really good one. Um, you know, the markets hit you harder when, when you're the owner and when you're writing the paychecks, right? So I've been through cycles. This is a very cyclical industry. Like we all know that, you know, there's peaks, there's valleys. Um, it's definitely a lot easier to be an employee during downtimes, you know, um, but it can be a lot of fun to, to be an owner and an operator during the uptime. So you just, you were rolling with the punches. I would say it's like very much the same, except the peaks and valleys are stronger. You feel them a little more. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, I've been in freight sales and, and when you're in that job, you all know what it feels like when you know your numbers aren't going to come up. But in that position, you know, you're just an employee and you're like, all right, I'll go get another freight sales job. They're pretty easy to come by. They're a dime a dozen. But it's a little bit different if it's your company and the market has tanked and you're, you're concerned with the livelihood of all the people that work for you, your own livelihood and this business that you're you're trying to to build. What kind of advice would you give to people who are looking to go for it? Who are like, you know what? I think it's I think it's time. You know, just really know yourself. Be authentic. Find your niche. You know, don't get out here and promise everybody you do everything and that you're the best. And nobody buys that anymore. You know, yeah. um, I think it worked when when brokerages first came to be and we started selling to the shippers and we're like, Hey, we can offer you more than the asset based guys, because, you know, yes, they're going to be good on your head hauls. And yes, they're going to be good every Monday morning, but we've got the backhaul guys coming in all week. We've got more capacity. We've got all of this. And so I think that's like how we started selling this industry was we do everything, you know, and, and that's changed. And so I see a lot, I follow this group on Facebook. It's, Actually, it's become really quite sad. I sort of want to unfollow it for my own mental health, but it's people trying to get into the business. And I would say that's the number one mistake I'm seeing them making is getting out here trying to do anything like really know yourself, know what you're good at, you know, find your niche and go hard there instead of trying to be everything for everyone. And that's hard in the beginning because like you're going to take a load and a payment from anybody that'll give it to you. Right. So you've got to balance finding your niche and really getting down that road with paying the bills. So, but just at least have that goal in mind of separating yourself through a niche service. You have a bit of a niche. You said that you love ugly freight. Tell me about your love affair with ugly freight. Yeah. So, you know, most of our customers are going to be in the construction industry. That's really what we support. And so, um, just the the rusty, the dirty, the oversized, the ugly, the permitted. Uh, that those are the kind of loads that we like. The the job site deliveries where there's no address. You know, you'll get a longitude and a latitude, and like get here and unload it yourself. So that's the kind of stuff that we do, and we have a lot of fun with it. How do you? What do you have to consider logistically when handling ugly freight? Because it's got much. It usually has more touch points, right? And and it has different parameters and conditions than your your general just FAK stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah. So there's just so many more variables and you account for as many as you can. I think that's where we offer value to the shippers is, you know, it's really all we do. And so we do, we do a really good job of accounting for all those variables. Sometimes things still sneak up on us, but you know, we're trying to figure out how things are going to be loaded and unloaded. And then if you're, if you're talking about that, if you're talking about construction equipment, you might even need to know what the weather has been doing in the area, how muddy it is. I mean, we're delivering to the middle of fields, um, like I said, to no address, just to a longitude and latitude. So you've kind of got to do your, the best you can at sort of predicting problems that are going to come up based on, on the random scope of work and just trying to account for all of them the best you can on the front side, because, Everyone saves money when they're accounted for on the front side, you know, rather than when they sneak up on you. What is the ugliest freight that you've touched? Oh, my gosh. This <laughs> is so fun. So one of my favorite projects was like nine years ago. So um, it was for some government body. And I moved. I can't even remember how many hundreds of thousands of pounds of fly ash from the top of a volcano in Hawaii to the landfill on a different island. Um, so that was really fun. They had been sitting up in super sacks for over a decade. So the sacks were all ripped and busted. They had no way to load them up up there. Uh, super hazardous, super toxic. If it gets wet, it um, changes in some way that makes it very toxic. So that was a ton of fun. We had to get forklifts up there like Moffat trucks repackage this stuff, get it down the volcano, get it on a boat to the landfill. That was cool. Um, <laughs> another one we did just in the fall, we moved a whole rock crushing plant. So these will be like used in, uh, well, this was being used to crush limestone and build a dam in California, but like mining operations and operations like that will use them. And it was probably 80 or 90 truckloads it ended up being. And so we've had a guy on site and you know, it gets broke down and loaded up over the course of a couple of weeks and taken down a mountain and into its new home in Texas. So that was a lot of fun as well. So those are the two, two really fun ones that come to mind. I like projects. I like something um, that seems really big and impossible and in, in breaking it down into palatable bites and taking those bites out to the market. Very, very cool. Well, you know, people who want to use your services. They need some help from Able Transport. They've got some ugly freight. Who do they reach out to? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, Liz Wayne. Um, otherwise, probably find my email at abletransportsolutions.com. Liz, very, very cool. I appreciate talking to you today. Uh, have a great weekend. Thank you so much. You too, Dooner. Good times. Take care, Liz. Wow. I like ugly freight, too. You know what I like about ugly freight? You can protect those margins a little bit better. You don't have ugly freight like volcanic ash on a load board. No, one, no one's doing that. You can actually come up with some solutions with people and have some discussions. The one problem, though, is if you don't get that project, it can be a lot of wasted time. But other than that, good stuff. Hey, let's read this. Uh, let's tip the band real quick. Send us the hard stuff. Oh, they want the hard stuff, too. That's what Donovan Logistics says. When you run into that really challenging logistics nightmare that keeps you up at night, call the good folks over at Donovan. They make headaches disappear. Visit them at Donovan.com. All right, everybody, it's time to rate the strap work. Let's see what we got today. Oh, someone's going to the prom over here. Take a look at that. We're looking at a limo on the back of a relatively small tow truck, and it appears that there's only one strap keeping that thing on, uh, on the board. 
Hobie, Hobie McCallick says that's not going anywhere. Andrew Teal says would only be better if it went through the open window of the driver and passenger side doors instead of over the top. Doesn't matter with sign clean BOL on both ends. P.S. How does the flatbed truck turn with that much rear weight? Those front tires are only doing half the miles of the rear. He's got a good way to preserve those rear tires, though. Those front tires. Scott Ball says, I've done better toes on GTA 5. Yeah, man. When's Grand Theft Auto 6 coming out? That leaker. Send us more footage, man. It's been like, when did GTA 5 come out? Like a decade ago? That thing came out on, like, Xbox 360, didn't it? PS3? It's how long ago. It's how long you've been making us wait, Rockstar. Just a reminder. Stephen Tittle says, When this limo company lost their passenger authority, they had received a call from a property broker who has trucks. Problem solved. The party continues. Greg Vanilla says, Cannot see how the limo owner or driver allowed this to happen. I don't know. It's logistics. Sometimes you just got to get it done. Zofi Agnes Nagy says, leave the strap work. The consignment is damaged already unless they take it to a scrap metal yard, in which case it's 10 out of 10 for creativity and bravery uh, with load balance. And Jeff Garnett said, this is one hell of a strap. I mean, a single strap supporting that much weight is impressive. Yes, folks, these are our readers. All right, everyone, it's time. It's time. It's time for What the Trivia. Let's get these contestants in their seats and ready to play on my right. Coming in at, I don't even know these people's weight, and I'm not going to offend them. It's Jake McLeod, COO, over at Exo Freight. <laughs> hey, Jake. Hey, hey. How you doing, man? Where are you coming in from? Where? What part of the world are you sitting in right now? Do, doing great. Sitting in uh, Royal Oak, Michigan right now, just north of Detroit. Royal Oak, Michigan. All right. Elena Moore, she's the recruiter over at Jacobs. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing, Junior. How are you doing, my friend? We're doing awesome. Where do you, I detect an accent here. Where are you coming in from? I'm coming in from Ottawa oh. <laughs> or Chattanooga, Tennessee. You're not, you didn't get hit by the tornadoes the other night, did you? No, but I'm bracing for later today. That's for sure. <laughs> we've had some, we've had some weather down here, Jake. I'm not going to give her a hometown like advantage though. I'm not going to go easy on her just because she's from the area, as they say. I feel like you are, but that's all right. That's okay. I'll, uh, I'll, give her, give her, I'll give her the points, you know, give her a little head start. It's all right. Well, before we jump into things, introduce yourself. Jake, what do you do over at EXO? Yeah, so the uh, chief operating officer here at EXO Freight, we're uh, open deck uh, digital uh, platform marketplace. Uh, we actually just launched factoring as well for carriers. So uh, any carriers that are interested and love to, to uh, chat with you as well. Very, very good. And how, and how about yourself? Um, I am Delena. I'm a recruiter for Jacobs. I support NORAD in Colorado Springs. I have a background in logistics, transportation logistics, uh, managing accounts and things like that. So I'm super excited. I'm a wait, little rusty, but excited. <laughs> no, wait, NORAD, like the, like the government agency? Yes. Mm-hmm. It- Interesting. They need some balloon spots. Like weather so. balloon tracking. Yes. Yeah, I see. Yes, yeah, right. Norad has had, they had been in the news cycle. I, I've heard of it. Okay. You know what? So what the trivia, it's uh, there's it's just as random as the rest of the show. It's a total free-for-all of questions, but hopefully the audience can learn something from some of our answers. Some of these questions are multiple choice, some are not. Um, I will tell you when they're multiple choice. And we don't have buzzers yet, so you just gotta raise your hand. All right, raise your hand. I will pick on whoever raises their hand. First, you guys ready to play? Very ready. Let's go. Okay. What is the process of coordinating and managing the flow of goods, information, and finances from raw material stage to the final product delivery stage called? 
Ooh. I actually do not know the answer to that. Come on, Jake. Oh, okay. We're just gonna guess. You know what, I am, my brother, you would. what is it, Jake? Positioning? It is supply chain management. Supply chain oh, management. Oh. I was looking. Okay. I thought these were the multiple choice uh, uh, options on the right here. I thought yeah. you were trying to. I, no, these aren't multiple. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Those, those are the question numbers. We're on those question number question. one. Oh, yes. man. I was like, is these the, the, the possible answers? So it was a little weird. No. Oh, but yes. Yeah, okay. Oh, yes. All right. So okay. <laughs> I'll, say I'll, give you, I'll give you another shot at that one. But uh, that we'll, one's gone. Yeah, Actually, right. I need nine here. So I'll give you. I'm going to pull like a random, random bonus question is number one. To get the point on here, all right. Beautiful. Yeah, that's my well, fault. I misread. Uh, I misread it, the questions here. It's okay. Answers. I misexplained. I misexplained the rules. All right. This is entertainment. <laughs> this is this. This question is courtesy of OK Boomer. Thank you, Joe Spizzy. What show featured characters George Costanza, Elaine Baines, and Cosmo Kramer? Ooh, ooh. It's, it, Dell had it up first. Good. Seinfeld. It's Seinfeld. All right. Give the lady a point. Let's put her up. She's already got one here on that bonus question. All right. All right. Now, no soup for you. Okay. Let, <laughs> no soup for you. This one probably, this one I probably should have given you multiple choice on. So maybe I'll, I'll nah. I, don't, I can't think of three other ones though while I'm doing this. What is the practice of holding inventory in different locations to reduce lead times and increase customer satisfaction call? It's Jake. Just in time. Ooh. Yeah. You got a better one? Uh, better one? No, I was thinking just in time, too. So then that way it was closer to the location. We were looking for multi-location warehousing on this one, Jake. But you know what? I'm going to give you a point. And now you got to give them both points here on that little display on the bottom. Production team. It's one-to-one. -one. It's tie game. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. Take a look at this system in action. This is a video daily double. Show the video here of this system moving in action. So ArcBest's new Vox system and Combi CSS automated loading systems claim to load a trailer in just how much time? This is this one's multiple choice. A, 11 to 12 minutes. B, 15 to 16 minutes. C, 5 to 6 minutes. Or D, 7 to 8 minutes. How fast is this new loading tech working? It's Dell. What do we got? C. You're right. It's five to six minutes. Yes! Amazing! Wow, Jake, Jake, what do you what do you think of those things? By the way, what do you think of those in practice? I heard I showed this online. A lot of people thought it was cool, but people had different sort of points and counterpoints about an automated loading system. I think it's awesome. It's great. You know, anytime you can take waste out and save time, five minutes. I, I, that's yeah. that's outrageous. I was like, there's no way that's five minutes. But yeah, it's good clean freight. You know, obviously it has to be the perfect uh, spec yes. to make that work. But the majority of the freight is that uh, we're putting on containers. So yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's great technology. Yeah, people bring up that point a lot whenever sort of automation uh, comes up. They go, well, everyone everyone doesn't have it. Or and it's like, no, they don't. This is going to build out slowly. It's going to build out within networks where there's network density, where you can do these things back and forth before they go widespread. I mean, uh, people have made good points. It, it, it would be kind of possible, impossible to have that everywhere because you do need the, the right type of freight. But boy, if that works with what you're doing... Sounds pretty gangbusters to me. Totally, and and you can you can what about anything into oblivion? But you're you're taking the majority of that clean freight and yeah. moving it. Go for it. Love it. You like those? You think Norad would like those, Delana? <laughs> Delana and probably Delana. Delana. Yes, Delana. <laughs> Sorry, it's my Boston accent coming out here. But I love the I love the thing. It could work anywhere from Kellogg's to a furniture factory. So honestly, I think that that it's a great thing. 
Sure, construction too. If you put, you could put uh, rods, boards, all that kind of stuff in there. Um, okay, question number four. It's two to one right now. In Workhound's latest driver satisfaction survey, what was the number one issue that drivers faced? Was it A, communication, B, pay, C, parking, or D, the driver shortage? Jake. Uh, C, parking. It is not parking. It is not parking. That oh. is up there, though. I was going to say home time. I don't remember which letter it was. Uh, we have communicated. It was none of them. We have communication, pay, parking, or driver shortage. A, B, C, or D. Driver C shortage. Was no, it was communication. Communication led all this year. Constant complaint by drivers themselves, and it usually ties into pay. Like, they don't have clarity on, on why they made less this week or this month or on this paycheck, or, you know, someone was rude to them back within the company. So that's where, uh, that's where that communication comes from. But the pay, parking, driver shirts are all way up there. It's just that communication was number one above all. Wow. All right. Okay. We're not doing very good. Well, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. We're still learning. I can't have gotten that. Like, I've managed drivers for years, but I was thinking home time or dwell time. Like, they don't, drivers don't like to sit. Right. How <laughs> about this one? Paid or home. <laughs> number five. Number five. There's still hope for both of you. What is the term? Although you are, you're not raising the bar that high for Mustafa. Mustafa has to beat the house. Mustafa's on next. He has to beat the house. He has to beat the score to make it to the next round. And uh, you guys are making it maybe easy. What is the term used to describe the practice of managing the movement of goods through the supply chain to ensure they arrive at the right place at the right time and in the right condition? topic big buzzword you ever go to a conference nobody can stop using this v word visibility that's the big one. The big right, I'll give it to Jake. It's supply chain visibility. We'll give it to Jake. We'll give him a point. <laughs> supply chain visibility. Yep. Big buzzword. All right. What is and this is here. Oh, you're lucky. This next one's multiple choice. What is the process of managing returns called? Is it A, inverse logistics, B, reverse logistics, C, duty drawback, or D, supply chain man? Oh, Jake's already got his hand up. Uh, B, reverse logistics. He had it. It's reverse logistics. It's three to two. Three to two on the scoreboard. He's shaking in the head. You deal a lot with reverse logistics. When I was at Manifest in Vegas, that was actually what my my forum was on my, my topic and discussion. And there were like some staggering numbers in the growth on that. I think returns were up like $3.8 billion or something last season. It was wild. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so difficult for, uh, for a lot of these uh, suppliers and vendors to actually take freight back that they're, you know, when I was in retail, we used to just dispose of everything because it was too hard to send it back upstream. Mm -hmm. mm. I think it's the wait time. By the time that they got it, it people were just returning it. I mean, I've done it. I've returned something because it finally got here a month later. I'm like, well, I already went to Walmart and got it. <laughs> so. By the way, did I hear a cat? Do you do you have a? Is there a cat on the? Premise? Yes. <laughs> what is my cat? What is your cat's name? His name is Chuck. I love Chuck. All right. Well, maybe Chuck can help you out here. You can phone a cat. Number oh, okay. seven. <laughs> Number seven. Name the three films that are a part of the Lord of the Ring trilogy. She got it right away. Sure, hand was right up. What do you got? Um, it's going to be. I might not do them in order, but Twin okay. Towers, yes. Um, Return of the King, and Fellowship of the Ring. Close. It was so close. It was so close, but slightly wrong, Jake. 
That's the two towers. Yes, it's the two towers. Oh. It was the two towers. Okay. That was close. Okay. Jake is just Jake is just taking the lead. It is three to two. There's two questions left though, so there's still plenty of chances on here. Let's see here. Okay. This is another buzz term question. I'm going to give you a hint before I even get into it because I don't have multiple choice. Because it'd be too easy if I gave you multiple choice. Another term here all the time. What is the term used to describe the practice of reducing costs, improving efficiency, and enhancing customer satisfaction? Called. different studying i can tell you that <laughs> um i'm not sure <laughs> people always want to do what to their networks what is this buzzword Jay. downsize optimization it's optimization it's optimization all right i'm going to make this worth extra points i'm going to make this worth two points this last question here it's number nine what is the maximum weight for a fully loaded tractor trailer on U.S. highways. Ooh, whose hand was up first? Who was up first? I was looking down. Was it Jake? It might have been Jake. It might have been Jake. You can have it. It's close. Uh, 80,000 pounds. It's 80,000 pounds. Jake, you have taken home the trivia crown today. How did you get to be so knowledgeable in supply chain? Uh, you know, unfortunately, I made a weird career decision very early on to go into freight and I uh, have not looked back. So just 16 years now in the, in the game, for better or worse. Well, I've got a question. What is one recruiting fact that if I asked you about today would have blown our minds? Me? Yes. Oh, um, sorry. One recruiting fact. Uh, yes. I would say... Oh, um, apply for on-site positions because they know we're near get the application flow that remote does. Oh, interesting. Remote positions than there are on-site. So where you have 200 applications for only one of you to be selected for that job, you have five applications for an on-site. And so you have better chances. Very, very cool. Well, hey, thank you both for playing. Uh, throw a plug. Where can people, Jake, where can people find out more about your company? Uh, we could go to exofreight.com. Like I said, we're a digitally managed open deck marketplace for you know, shippers and carriers that come on to find loads. And we did launch factoring. So carriers, please come on our platform, check out our factoring as well. It's the uh, the best deal in town. No fees, no, no hidden anything. Uh, check us out for factoring as well, please. Very cool. Thank you, Jake. Have a great weekend. Congratulations on winning. And how about Thank Jacobs? You. Where do people go and find out about that? You are welcome to find me on LinkedIn, uh, Delana Morse. Uh, I'm one of only two in the whole country, so not hard to find me. But you can also go to jacobs.com. Um, just look for the big J uh, and you'll find us. We're actually just J in the start market as well. So find the J, you'll find Jacobs. Man, you know you've made it when you've got a one uh, letter ticker. Very envious of you. <laughs> Have a great weekend. I appreciate your time today. All right. Bye. Thanks. It's been fun. Appreciate it. Although, unless you want to buy some uh, Ford stock over value, I got some F. That's not, that hasn't been All right, it's time for our next guest, and he's been whiteboarding. He's like Goodwill Hunting over there, solving equations behind him. It's Mustafa. We're <laughs> at Zoom. Mustafa, what do you got going on behind you, man? What are you, solving equations? Uh, I'm always uh, focused on hyper automating the supply chain, man. That's what's going on there. It's like, the life of a load from the point of acquiring the load from the shipper and then selling it to the carrier and then executing it and then doing the back office uh, cash to grave basically 
or with cash. What has you most excited during that process? Like what has you most excited where there's opportunity? Yeah, so um, I started my career at J.B. Hunt, and we used to always talk, you know, truckers like to move towards a 0.9 operating ratio. Yeah. I challenged that notion. I want to take it to a 0.50 and really turn um, the people that are working hard into, like, RoboCop. And the part that's the most challenging is not even after you digitally find a carrier. It's uh, executing the load, the billing, the pricing, the tracking, the dispatching. And really, we're trying to take those thousand steps and turning them into 10 and I think we're like halfway there and we have some really good uh, case studies this last year. Man, I was watching uh, RoboCop in 4K, like the 80s RoboCop, not that crappy remake that came out like five years ago. And um, that scene still holds up where they where Murphy gets like the gang shoots his arms off and stuff with the shotguns. Still still brutal as uh, as I always remembered Mustafa. <laughs> yeah, think, think about this, right? Like, let's say uh, we come up with the most awesome hyper automation chat uh, GPT AI, like just the mother of all AI systems and really hyper automate that 0.50 I'm, I'm talking about. Then at night, there's a late load that delivers for a very important customer. A smart logistics employee would know to email that customer and just FYI him and say, hey, I messed this up and save that account. I don't think that AI would know that. So RoboCop should reign supreme. We still need the people, Mo. We still need the people. I hear you. All right, yeah. you ready? You ready for uh, some? You ready for some trivia? Yeah. You got your thinking cap on. Let's do it. Sharp mind. Yeah. Is your mind as sharp yeah, as your it. suit? All right, let's do it. Here we go. Question number one: right. What is the what is the maximum legal width of a truck in the United States? I guess 102 inches. Ah, I don't. Oh, what is it? It's 88 feet six inches, which, which is something like 100 some odd. Uh, I can't do the quick math on top of my head, but close. You were you were very relatively close, but not close enough. This isn't horseshoes. But now you're warmed up. Eight feet six it, inches. Yeah, now you're warmed that's up. That's 102. In, 102 inches. Is or, it? Or let's see. I don't know. What I is it? Is. It could be. I don't know. Let's let me do a quick conversion here. It is, man. All right, we're gonna give him the point. We're gonna do give him the point. This is see when you know math, you have a superpower. Right now, just over walk your, off and take the. I get it. Well, let's see. Eight times twelve is eighty. You get ninety-six there. You got another. It's one hundred and two. You're right. You're right. You're right. I just did the math. Okay. Here's a, here's one. This is multiple choice. What is the national drive van spot rate seven day average today in Sonar? Is it a three dollars and five cents? B two dollars and eighty six cents? C two dollars and twenty seven cents? Or D two dollars and thirty nine cents? Two twenty seven. Ooh, close. It's a little bit better than that, though. We got a D there, Mustafa. We got 239, fortunately. Take a look at this, though. Like, take a look at the chart here. However, you were a little optimistic the other day on LinkedIn. You said, you know what? Weathering it right here. But I think I can feel it. The freight is coming. Why do you think the freight is coming? Well, whatever goes down must come out. Uh, What people don't remember is that we had two years of peak season, but before that, we had two or three years of low season. And before that, we had 10 years of regular low season and produce picks up during March and April. And then we start seeing freight. Uh, what I see is a return back to the driver shortage where we were seven years ago, back to the norm, um, back to the same freight cycles we knew. It might come back a little bit later, like during June, but it is a return back to normal uh, ever since COVID like disrupted us. 
I, you know, I hear you. And recently, we've had a lot of people who've stayed on that tip that it's going to be a tale of two halves. Uh, you know, we still got to get through this Chinese New Year lack of fray, and then we just got to let things build back and percolate into the spring. And uh, I mean, for maybe tax season will be a boost. I heard that at car dealerships, it's don't buy a car right now. And I know we haven't supposed to be able to buy a car for a while, but right now it's supposed to be especially bad because of the tax season, Mo. All right, question number three. The altercation that occurred between the Pistons and the Pacers at a 2004 NBA game dubbed the worst night in NBA history is known as what? A, Malice at the Palace. B, Pacers versus the Pistons. C, Pistons at the Palace. Or D, the Slobberknocker. Hey. It was the it was the malice. Do you remember? I remember exactly where I was. You asked me about why I have a nine four nine number earlier when I texted you, and I remember I lived in Dana Point. I was in Dana Point in two thousand four, and I remember I was a waiter at the time, and I got off work, and um, oh, you didn't have like cell phone videos you could show yet, but uh, everyone was like, like get over to the bar, you gotta watch this video. And there's a big there's a, that big brawl. You remember that day? That for me, that's like my JFK assassination. I do, and I'm actually proud of myself. I got two, so. <laughs> Let's keep up the pace. You're keeping up the pace. All right, we got another one here. Question number four. What's the major service many brokers use to report carriers for performance issues based on a variety of divine criteria? Nobody wants to end up on one of these. Uh, A specific one or the type? Like the type. Like it's also a company. uh, Yeah, care for one. Starts with an F. Freight guard. Yes, there we go. Yeah, freight give it to him. He's got freight garden right there. Freight garden. All right, look, you're gaining on the house right here. You just have to beat Jake's score or tie it. And you're three to six. Yeah. We got plenty of questions left. So let's get you're to it. gracious. You uh, you freight guard a lot of carriers out there? Um, remember, you're going to need that carrier later. It's better to resolve issues than always going and posting, um, trolling yeah. people online. Yeah, it's small business, small world. Be careful. That stuff will stay with you. Yeah. It can be spiteful. I was around. We <laughs> got long memories, man. <laughs> um, all right. Oh, we got number five. Number five right here is multiple choice, Mo. According to Atri, there are how many parking spaces available for every driver? A, one for every five. B, one for every three. C, one for every 11. Or D, one for every 20. One for five? Ooh, it's even worse. Sadly, it is even worse. It's C. It's one for every 11. That's how bad this problem is getting, Mo. Cool. You ever, th- you ever thought about putting your, your smarts to solving truck parking? Yes. Actually, uh, our head of partnerships is Anthony Petit. Uh, he started a company called Truck Park and exited from that. So that's near and dear to our hearts because... I like the questions you were bringing up earlier about what truly makes a driver happy and it's communication, it's connected to their paycheck, but it's also parking and getting home uh, back to their families. I love that. I, and I, I know Anthony too, so that's, that's a nice little pickup. I imagine you, you're all going to do great things together. Now, this one, this one is, you, this is a test of your own memory. Number six. And I'm gonna, because it's test your own memory, I'll give you two points for this one. What color sports jacket were you wearing at the Future of Supply Chain in Rogers, Arkansas last year? Black. <laughs> I, I, 
Here's look at the. That is pretty black. It, it, it's almost Ooh. like a gun. Is that black? Is that gunmetal gray? Or is that? No, it's I'll, black. Man. I'll give you. I'll I'm give going cash of the freight industry. Yeah, I don't. I, I thought that one might actually be kind of easy because I've never seen you. You wear a lot like me. You wear a lot of black. It'd be really odd for you to have like a banana colored coat or well, something. You know, like the camera adds ten pounds, and then the black counteracts. Yeah, that. exactly. You look better from uh, from from different angles too. Yep. <laughs> All right, here. Oh, here. Okay. There's a good one for you. Got to have a music question here. What was Bob Marley's biggest hit? Was it A, One Love, B, Redemption Song, C, Get Up, Stand Up, or C, or D, Concrete Jungle? One Love. It was One Love. You know you're Bob Marley. You know you're Bob. Yeah, I, I had to. to... I Are you a museum in, uh, in Kingston. Oh, wow. What, what do they got at the museum? Well, Jamaica is really cool. Uh, they have like his house and all that stuff. And then you can like, there's a waterfall like that catches on fire and stuff that glows in the dark in the water. Jamaica is awesome if you haven't been there. No, I haven't been there, but it sounds like I need to, to get over there. Bob Marley's a big yeah, I used cool. to work. I used to work at a record label and our biggest single, our biggest like hit single ever was a dance remix of uh, No Woman, No Cry. It was like, it was like 2000, right? And it was crazy because we were an indie label and we would sell like, a really good record for us would be like 30,000 units. And like, uh, you know, a typical record might be about like 5,000 and something that sucked would be like under 1,000. This thing did like over a million on, on sales for an indie label. It was huge. It's big. I didn't get yeah, it. I just saw, you ever heard that quote? He's like, Bob Marley's talking about riches and the guy interviewer's like, hey, are you rich? He's like, what's rich? He's like, a lot of money. He's like, no, I don't have those kind of riches, but I'm completely rich because his life is rich. I would say so. He's made a lot of other people's lives rich, too. All right, we got two more questions here. You've already tied the house, but let's get into it. Who invented the modern shipping container? Was it Alexander Winton, Thomas Savory, Malcolm McLean, or Fred Smith? Voices again, one more time. Top, top, the modern thing. shipping container. We've got Alexander Winston, uh, Winton, Thomas Savory, Malcolm McLean, and Fred Smith. I'm going to go with C. It is. You are so smart. You're so smart. It's Malcolm McLean. You're right. It is. The maker of the box, the intermodal container that changed everything. Although, I heard uh, Ryan, Ryan Peterson at uh, Flexport, he was talking about how they all need to be 53s because that would make much more sense because uh, truck trials are 53. Got to get some more insight on that. All right, number nine. So it's the last question here, Mo. What is the name? And you can take a look at this. Roll the video. Video Daily Double. What is the name of the world's most popular trucking video game? Look at this guy's setup. Is it a multiple? Uh, uh, is it a uh, multiple question or? I uh, uh, sure. Um, uh, Bosnian truck simulator. Uh, Macedonian American truck simulator, Poland truck simulator, American truck It's American truck simulator. Mustafa, you crushed the house. I think you might have got the highest score in the game so far. Wicked smart guy right here and a champion. Uh, I've only got about 10 seconds left, so real quick, where can people reach out and find out more from the, the, the oracle of knowledge that is you? Yes, if you want to digitally optimize your brokerage connect with us at zoomapp.com or linkedin we'll save you money we'll help you make money and we'll reduce your back office expenses thanks guys do it man all right don't get into malices at the palaces over the weekend stay safe be good i appreciate it congrats on winning come back monday we got 
Tom, he Hylian's Thomas Hill, he's gonna be here. We got Freight Waves' Tyler Cole. We got Lipit Lipert Components, Tony Darnell, and Blue Cargo's founding team, plus news and everything. Hey, find me on Twitter, at Timothy Duna, that's D-O-O-N-E-R. Subscribe to the show where we get podcasts or on video. Subscribe on YouTube or download Freight Waves if you have. Take care, don't be a stranger.